0: y'all. It's your girl Nicole Hills. I am excited um, to be here. I'm excited for this episode um, as a continuation from the last episode which is really blowing up online, might I say. This podcast has blown up in like two days. It gained 200 new listeners and uh, my inner child has been jumping up and down. <laughs> because... Mainly because... Oh my god, I'm so sensitive. <laughs> I feel like I'm like... I have like tears in my throat. Because y'all just don't know. Like... If y'all knew me before healing... Y'all be like, wow, what a transformation. You know, because... I was quiet. I was very anxious, very scared. And that anxiety showed out through anger, you know? And a, I don't want to say just an attitude. Because, you know, especially with, like, Black girls and Black women, like, that's placed onto us so much. Like, oh, she got an attitude when it's really, like, we're battling mental illness and a lot of us don't even know it. (laughs) So I want to refrain from attitude and possibly find a different word. But it showed out in anger towards others and and just an anxiety. I always felt like my back was against the wall, defensiveness towards others paranoia like i was not as open as i am now um especially with my joy especially with my accomplishments but also especially with my voice and so every time i see my views go up on any platform you know people like my words retweet them DM me about them, comment about them and even like listen to them. Like I had a YouTube channel and that also gets likes and I get subscribers. But like a podcast is like direct. It's like you are listening to my voice, (laughs) you know, and I guess each and every time Even if the listeners surge like one a day, my inner child is just so surprised because I was frequently told to shut up, you know, by my parents, by the people around me that not only didn't like what I had to say, but just didn't like me speaking you know? And so I'm just like really filled with gratitude every time I get the chance to make a new episode. And I say that like, It's not a weekly thing, but, like, you know what I mean. Like, every time I make a new episode, I'm just, like, so excited. The inner child in me is just like, oh, my gosh, we get to talk. We get to talk without boundaries. We get to talk without people around us, like, listening in on us, helicoptering over us to make sure we say the right thing. We get to talk without that cop in our own head, you know? And we just get to inform like I've always had that conviction to do since I was young, you know. And we just get to express. Amazing. So if you're here from a friend, from social media, um, and it's your first time, I am very grateful for your presence here right now. If you've been listening, you know, a couple episodes, um... Or if you've been listening to all episodes, however many, it does not matter. I'm truly grateful for your presence. Hello. So let's get into who I am. I am an emotional person, obviously. <laughs> I am Nicole Hills. Who is that? I am a spiritual healer. Um, I focus on all things healing, but mainly on inner child healing because it just makes more sense to me to start there and to focus on there because we go through so much when we are children, we go, we encounter wounds. Well, wounds are created in that time that carry or stay with us later on in our adult life and are carried out in our adult lives, you know? And we may not know why or how. We may not, may not be conscious of them. But healing from them, you know, it, it, it's from the root. You know, it's from the ground up. So, yeah, that's why I focus on inner child healing. This podcast is a safe space, you know, for you to... And for people, you know, to understand the complexities of healing, You know, it's really complex. Emotions are really complex and they get real muddy. And I'm really happy that I have this medium so that I can show people the things that I've been realizing about healing and how muddy it gets, you know, and I feel like it's displayed in this episode, especially when we talk about perceiving energy. But yeah, so um, yeah, this podcast is a safe space for you to explore, you know, your emotions. It's a judgment-free zone, as you can see. Well, you'll be able to see, you know, if this is your first time here. I talk about these things objectively, but also with compassion, you know, because this is a healing corner. And so I hope that you join me in my healing corner. You can grab your white's. Grab some pajamas, chill out, put on a face mask, you know, get some water, some tea, put a little cucumber in that water, a little honey in that tea. <laughs> put a little, um, you know, wine in the cup in general, whatever. But join me in my healing corner as you go into yours. Yay, I like that. That was so cute. So let's get into the episode, Period. In my last episode, I got deep into this phenomenon of emotional baggage that our families insist we inherit and why, you know, and in this episode, I want to get even more into the why, you know, break it down more and really just create this cathartic experience Because y'all knew something was up when you were younger. You know, we knew. But you were convinced differently that you were the problem. You know, that something was up with you. That you were selfish. You were unappreciative. You were mean. You were hard-headed. That was something that was so big in my childhood. You know, that I never really understood, you know, I was convinced I was all these things and I believed it up until some time, up until like my early twenties, which, you know, I'm still in <laughs> 25, but yeah, let me not even be like that. Cause I don't even subscribe to societies like Anxious anxiety about age, but um, yeah, like I never really understood it, but I believed it. But I noticed like I was being called all of these things just because I wanted some type of freedom, I wanted some type of individuality, and I did not know. Number one, like the multitude of it, like, and the why of why this was such a threat to my parents. And I know a lot of y'all go through this too, have went through this too, where it was you all the time. You didn't know why, but you were taught and, and, and forced to like fear questioning it, you know, And it always had to be you. No accountability. But you could perceive that there was something underlying underneath the surface. You know? Yes, you as your child self. I want to tell you, you were perceiving energy. You know? You were. And you can still perceive it now you most likely do that's why i want to i really want to iterate in this episode well reiterate what i was iterating in the last episode of like we are spiritual beings like if you're new to spirituality which a lot of people are that you know start to um, consume my content you know because they feel safe being a beginner around me which i like because like when you're a beginner at something and you're firstly trying, there's a lot of vulnerability. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. There's a lot of vulnerability in trying. You know? And I know y'all know that. So I'm happy that I get to be a resource to people that are first starting out. But also people that are trying to get to that next step. whoo and, and trying to get to that next step in their journey as well. I'm happy to be a resource at any part of the journey. But so if you ever have any doubts about your powers, you know, about you as a spiritual being, about your magic and your ability to sense and 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 do these things perceive these things that you think is or are of an advanced level like you get to control them at an advanced level but we all have them within and you had them within when you were a child and you still have it now you know and you were perceiving it as a child you perceive it now when you walk into a room and, and you can feel the tension, you're feeling energy. When there are just some people you got a feeling about and you don't know why and you turned out to be right a couple times or all the time, you were perceiving energy and you were perceiving an energetic state and an energetic frequency that you did not resonate with. You know, like I want y'all to know, like, energy is subtle. It's called the subtle body. You know? And for those of y'all that have been in my last episode, check out that resource. Or cause it's a it's a big book. <laughs> but look up, you know, the subtle body and like Google it and 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 see about it. But I just really want to let y'all know y'all are not bugging, you know. And it's not fair for you, for us, for a collective of people to be growing up feeling like we're bugging, feeling like we're the problem and feeling so and being so disembodied from our true selves because of the emotions of other people that were made to be our reality, but were ultimately just not true. And that's something that when you get on your journey, you you perceive and you come to a point of understanding that, yes, your emotions are valid and they are here, but it does not necessarily mean, like those things do not necessarily mean that they're true, that they're true for everyone. They may be true to you, You know, it's an emotional experience for a reason. But it does not mean that they're actually accurate. But even so, it doesn't invalidate them. And you don't deserve to just throw them away. You deserve, because they they won't go away anyway. (laughs) They'll keep you up at night. You know, like, you deserve to still sift through them because they're true to you and your experience but it was not fair it is not fair when someone bombards their emotions as reality and makes it everyone else's reality around us you know with nobody else being able to have a say in it and that's what emotionally immature people do you know and i'll get into later why because i want to stay on script. Y'all. i don't want this episode to be mad long. but i i just want to tell y'all like it's just not fair to go through that and you should not have to stay in that state. you know, in this state of being for another person to feel good and validated in their emotions, because that's not your responsibility. You know, you shouldn't feel like you have to stay in that place in order to fulfill a role that ultimately allows them to play out their energetic complexes that they're used to, you know, of codependency. Of needing to feel needed in order to feel good in their parenting. ooh, In order to feel good in their relationship with you, but also in order to feel good within themselves. That's just not your responsibility. And as you can see, because even if you start to think, hmm, that wasn't my responsibility, but you start feeling guilty, which is normal you know, notice that it's all about them and their emotions and their experience. That should show you that, hmm, something is up because my side isn't being taken into account. And a lot of us grow up feeling like we don't deserve to have our emotions considered, especially when you get into those like, immature semantics, emotionally immature semantics of emotions being right versus wrong. That's how we fall into the jig of, oh, well, I wasn't right. Of number one, needing our emotions to be right. And so bombarding them onto everybody and making assumptions and needing to be right. Because then if we're wrong, then our emotions don't deserve to be considered or felt And so we place them deep within us in shame. You know? Whew. And so, yeah, that's how we fall into that jig. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you, it's not your responsibility to cater to someone else's emotions and go outside of your emotional experience in an inappropriate way. Like you can understand their experience, but making it, being made to make it your reality and the overall and see it as the overall reality and feel it as the overall reality is highly inappropriate. And it should have never been done, you know, because that's ultimately not your responsibility as a person, as a human and as a child, but they made it your responsibility in your role. And I just really want y'all to keep that in your mind. The concept of response, like actual responsibility versus a role, a role self, a role responsibility. And that book that I know is going around, everyone knows about it. Um, If you don't, I'll be happy to tell you about it. I call it the Trigger Book. And it's called, um, I forgot the author, but it's called Emotionally Immature. Um, No. It's called, I think it's called Children of Emotionally Immature Parents or something like that. Google it and you'll, it'll pop up unbutchered. (laughs) But get it back to the episode. So yeah, that's not your responsibility. It's not and it won't ever be. No matter how much they try to fight you on it. And try to make it your responsibility and try to convince you that it's your responsibility and try to convince you that in order to be a loving person, then you need to take on that responsibility. Because trust me when I say there are people, especially, number one, as me as a highly sensitive person. Um, If you identify with that, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, but if you never heard that term before, it's an actual term. It's not me just calling myself very sensitive, you know, and I really implore you to look it up and read up about it just for, you know, just to be a student of life, (laughs) but also you never know, you may find yourself in that definition and it may really open up a whole world of understanding yourself, deeper understanding, but also a whole world of healing, You know, but as a highly sensitive, I feel like the fawn response when it comes to fight or flight or fawn, you know, the fawn response is like you don't feel equipped to fight it and you can't run away from it. And so you just become absorbed into the harm that you're experiencing, you know, and you follow it. And, and you internalize it. And I want you to look it up to get a better definition. But when you go through that, you know, being like the phone response, being the main response that you identify with and, and you've displayed, you know, because like when it comes to like trauma and different traumas we've went through and different harm we went through through our lives. We may, you know, like, there may be sometimes we fought. Sometimes we um, flew away. And that doesn't negate, like, our main response, you know? And so I I really want y'all to understand, people that identify with that, if you, like, you will encounter people who are very strong-willed, And for a lot of us, we may have felt, because like we were, we felt like we were lacking in strong will, that people who were strong will were quote unquote right automatically because they had a strong will. And so on top of that, these people can be very convincing. They will argue you down. They may be good at arguing and debating. They may be comfortable with conflict, but like not true healthy conflict, just conflict of bombarding their energy and their feelings and their opinions onto other people you know and when you start who? when you start coming into yourself and perceiving energy you'll really scope these people out and they may even be people you once respected whoo if I could I could go on and on and on for that for, um, for days child <laughs> once I started seeing people And I I started taking them off of pedestals. I was just like, wow. I used to think this was right and this was the right way to be. And I'm so happy that I don't (laughs) anymore. (laughs) But these people will be very convincing in making you out to be the villain for their own complexes. You know, you will always be the wrong one. You will always be the bad guy. And this is why I really want y'all to come to a point of, of believing in your ability to perceive energy, you know, because it comes with trusting yourself. And even if you don't have, like you feel something is walky, but you don't have the exact answer as to why, you can still let that that little inkling that little suspicion that little eyebrow raise that little hmm that little head tick neck tick neck swivel you can allow that to be the reason that you trust yourself and that you distance yourself from this person and that you don't believe this person and that you you get to disagree with this person you know Because they don't get to bombard you with their feelings. And it's their fault in the first place for trying, for introducing their feelings into the realm of right versus wrong, you know, of being debatable. And so, in that sense, you can debate them trying to make you out to be the bad guy, but underlyingly, their feelings is, you know, enmeshed with that. And so, just know that when you disagree, they'll try to make you out to be insensitive and, like, insensitive to their feelings and try to make them out to be, like, it becomes about their feelings. But ultimately, they're coming at your character. <laughs> like, and I want you, like, that's how small it gets. And Those are the energetic semantics. Ooh, And I really want y'all to know, y'all are not bugging. And so these people will try to fight you, but it's still not your responsibility. You have no responsibility to their emotional experience in the way that they want you to be. You don't have to play that role. You know? They don't get to, you can come to a point where you say you don't get to play out your emotional experience, your emotional complexes, your emotional and energetic powers through, um, excuse me, energetic patterns through me. You don't get to do that anymore. And once you say that, or just embody that, you will see these people will leave you alone and, and, and go to another supply if they don't if that doesn't trigger them enough to heal but understand that for a lot of people unfortunately yes even our own families all they know is codependency support steeped in codependency a love steeped in codependency a care a caring steeped in codependency And because of this inherently codependent and enmeshed one side depending on the other side to thrive and survive type of dynamic, it most likely kept you a victim. It most likely kept you a damsel in distress. Always Needing to be told, always needing to be informed of the right, because then they get to determine what's right, (laughs) always needing their help, always needing their um, informativeness, (laughs) always needing their support, quote-unquote support, always needing their care yet in an uncareful environment already created by them like you see how it's like a catch 22 <laughs> this is like they this is used in a lot of um narc spaces that talk about narcissism energetic supply but we all listen we all we all have complexes And we all have a supply that allows us to carry out our complexes and patterns unconsciously. And so you see how this catch-22 type of dynamic is created where you need them. And you are a victim and a damsel in distress and you need to be told and they can be the ones t- t- to tell you so that they can be the ones that create either some aspect of or the entire reality. And that makes them feel good. And But also it makes them feel needed and it ultimately creates This reality where their role well, where they have a role and their role of being needed, of being this the person that swoops in and saves the person in that power can be played out where they can be the giver, you know. Who and so. What if I told you that you needed to stay within this energetic level in order to inherit their baggage and that inheriting that baggage to them was confirmation that you actually cared for them and you cared about them and you were appreciative of them and loved them. Mm Mm-hmm supported them Mm. what if i told you that they needed you to be lacking they needed a lack to exist within you so that they could always be that superhero be in that superhero role but also so that they could be in that role to be needed and play out their complexes and their familiar patterns Mm -hmm. That, that kept them feeling good and allowed them to feel good and allowed them to feel safe keep that word safety allowed them to feel safe because this is why people force you know this baggage was forced these complexes are forced onto us Because this is the personal stake that they have on it. Safety. Connection. Power. And more. And so, what if I told you they also needed you to inherit this. Inherit this. So that they could be able to continue to relate to you. And that this was the only way that they knew how, you know? And I know a lot for a lot of people, a lot of my people that moved out, you know, you noticed afterwards that your relationship changed with your parents when you no longer needed them. You know, when they no longer had to or could tell you what to do. And a lot of parents will try to keep you under their thumb like that. But notice for your parents, but like also a lot of people, when they're not in that position to tell you what to do. When you take your power back and you start, you know, pushing back against that and be like, "Eh, you know what, I'm going to start making your own decisions when they're no longer in that role. They don't know what to do with themselves, (laughs) you know, because their role becomes them. Other people become their life. Informing other people becomes their lives. Their life. (laughs) you know when we're in that role it's such a veil because all we're doing constantly is searching for our needs to be met searching for that pattern that complex to be able to play out and we're doing it unconsciously that's why you see um people like those people that keep victims around them that keep damsels in distress around them, people that always need to be saved around them so that they could be that one to be that superhero. Mhm. Because ultimately, when we're in this state deep in our complexes in a loop, all we know how to do is search for our need to be needed our needs to be met. And then this comes with resentment to anyone who doesn't automatically spring into action to that role, you know, to meet our needs and allow our patterns to play out. Because if you notice, like... People like this, the superpower, I mean, the superhero people, which are a lot of us, if you if you like see yourself in this role, like I'm not you know, this is a judgment free zone, but I'm talking about it specifically when it comes to inner child healing and and parent to child. But know that a lot of the harm that was bestowed upon us, they become our patterns, too. So don't feel shame. But you notice for superhero people, they need people to be dependent on them, but also they are also dependent on everyone else around them, you know, to fall in line, to fall into place. Like other people are needed to be a certain way and stay a certain way in order for them to play out their role, their patterns, and to feel good and safe. Talk about it. And our parents are like this as well. This is why they disrupt our development. This is why they make, they they create our emotional reality and concoct it themselves. This is why they make their fears, ours, you know, because they're so dependent on you being a certain way so that they could be a certain kind of parent that is indicative to their complexes. And so when you reject their need to be needed, you know, By being naturally independent, autonomous, and just be an individual and not a person within a role. When you don't allow room for codependency by being your natural independent self. You know, when you don't allow for this codependency that they lived their whole lives that they've lived in their whole lives to thrive. And you cause a disruption by being normally independent. You know, they will be triggered. They'll feel rejected. They'll also feel awkward within themselves, not knowing anymore, like what to do within themselves, how to exist, but also how to exist in this role that they've been accustomed to that tells them how to be, where they don't have to think of how to be and they don't have to explore themselves and form a personality again that is like individual to them, you know? And that's how we get stuck in these roles because we've, made, we've been made to perceive the outside of them as scary, By the people who needed us to be in these roles. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know what to do anymore. They'll feel awkward within themselves and not really know how to parent and what to do with themselves. In their relationship with you, if you don't need them. But also what to do with themselves in general, if they are not needed. You know, if they don't have this sense of urgency to others. Because for a lot of us, we needed to be in this role to get love. You know, just like you may see in your family how you needed to be in a role. They went through the same thing. And as you're coming out and seeing that, like, you don't need to be a certain way to get love, that you're deserving of love just for being human. And you're deserving of acceptance just for being human they most likely never got to see that, you know? They never got to experience, oh, I can still be loved if I'm not there to save everyone, you know? Because also, like, the culture back then, child, like, for a lot of our parents... Well, like, my parents were boomers, so they're old, child. <laughs> but for a lot of our parents, like, it was role within the family. And then you carry out that role in your marriage. And you got married, like, young and quickly. So, like, they lived their whole lives being in a role. Being in that loop. Mm-hmm. Oh, child, And so, um, they'll also be confused as to why you're rejecting them because they don't, they won't know how to love and support you. And they'll be confused as to why to them you're rejecting their love and support because they're not aware. All they're aware of is their complex and getting their need met. And Or they're aware is that, oh, I am helping this person, but they're not aware of how incredibly and extremely, in a lot of cases, energetically and physically forceful and imposing they are with their energy and their emotions and their complexes. That's why it registers as an appreciation because they think, oh, I'm just trying to love. I'm just trying to care. I'm just trying to help. But they're doing it in an incredibly anxious way. They're doing it in an incredibly bombarding way. To where it feels like you want to just push them away. And we do. You know, think of it like a a, picture of a toddler. And this person... Well, this little person, just like, of course we don't remember this within our own childhoods, but like, just imagine there was one day, like yesterday you could not walk, but today you can, (laughs) you know, like you can walk, you have this new mode of transportation. It's like today being able to grow wings, like yesterday you ain't have no wings today. You got wings. And so just like a toddler, they want their freedom. They have this natural conviction to explore this new mode of transportation. Anybody that's going to, like, of course, we all want to hold the baby because, wow, baby, so cute. Yeah. But (laughs) they may not want to be held because they're trying to walk. They're trying to explore. They're trying to to develop. And it's healthy to their development. It's normal to their development. And so anybody that tries to pick them up, even though you may be quote-unquote helping, that person may be trying to quote-unquote help, the toddler is pushing them away because they would like to understand. They would like to not only understand, experience and understand in that way. You know, we're naturally explorative. That's why babies keep putting things in their mouths. (laughs) because they're trying to experience things in the in the best ways that they know how. And so, if you could fly tomorrow, best believe you would want to fly everywhere. And anyone that tried to keep you down and make you walk, you're going to look at them like, "Yo, what are you doing? <laughs> why why does it seem like you have a personal stake in my freedom?" in my exploration think about that we perceive that as children that energy cause I know I felt it I was always confused growing up (laughs) like I perceived for myself it seemed like my parents had a personal stake in my freedom and I really did not understand it like I was one of those children I guess that was like born with audacity naturally. (laughs) And so like, I was always like, I understood myself as my own person while they understood me as someone within a role, as daughter, that role of daughter, their daughter specifically. And so like that comes with their own complexes. Meanwhile, I'm just living my life you know, trying to be independent, trying to be free, trying to like go out and explore while like they not letting me take off training wheels. Not really. They did eventually (laughs) when I, you know, when I needed it, but like, you know, like I, Oh, I felt that energetic, like enmeshment and it, it was so icky to me. And it's why like a toddler, I was pushing them away so forcefully and they were so confused. They're, they're like, yo, you're so hard-headed. We're just trying to help. And I'm just like, yo, you trying to help in a way where you're taking everything over and you're making it your reality. Like you're making my reality yours. And it's really inappropriate and it's really bombarding. And I really, ugh yuck that's the physically that's the that's the physical force that we feel and the the imposing that we feel and this is why we grow up so genuinely confused because of our ability to feel and perceive energy but not being able not having the tools or the knowledge to even name it and put our finger on it you know For a lot of us, especially me, child, (laughs) our parents' anger just seemed so irrational. I always perceived that it was misplaced because, like, you mean to tell me you're so mad at me that I did not first consult you on, like, certain things? Like, I understand, like, now, okay, being older, that, like, when you're in charge of someone and their survival, <laughs> like, you can't just be going off places, and that was me, and, and just doing any random thing. But, like, it came to, like, picking out, like, a certain book, like, some certain things that you just don't even think about. It's just something, like, your curiosity takes you, and you just do it. But now I'm in trouble because I didn't consult you first? Is it really about my protection at this point? Or is it something personal to you? And that's something I always perceived. And that's why I was a child with a lot of audacity. (laughs) But a lot of us, you know, if you felt that, understand that you're not bugging understand that the anger was most likely irrational because they had their own underlying complexes you know understand that you finding your own solution and and, and being create like having a creative thinking mind that was not just blindly trusting to them but that you that made you want to experience things so that you could learn and come up with even more creative solutions and think critically and think for yourself. This is natural human stuff. Like it's not you being unruly. It's not you being stubborn. It's not you being bad. And it doesn't allude to you being a bad person. They just have their own complexes. Hmm. They needed to feel needed, and in, in, in that, it was triggering because you so clearly didn't need them at such a young age. Who? child child so this is why I hope this episode is cathartic to to you and your inner child you know because there was this all this going on that we felt but could not say couldn't put a finger to and to be honest our parents didn't know what was what was happening underneath the um these surfaces either all they knew how to do was react to it. You know, this is how our homes become emotionally volatile, you know, become emotional minefields where we got to walk on eggshells and we got to be all tense because we just don't know what we do is going to set them off emotionally. It's why a lot of us spend more time in our room. This is why we self-isolate. And a lot of us are, are made to feel bad where, oh, you isolate yourself, you do this, you don't want to be around, you don't come around. Um, no! Because you're emotionally volatile. It is, um, was energetically chaotic to be around you. You know? And it's okay to even, like, if you don't say that, because I doubt people would say that to their parents, child, because their parents would be like, what? Energy? Emotionally? Like, what? (laughs) Emotions? What are those? It's okay to, like, know this within yourself. And set that boundary within you. You know that you're not going to be around emotionally and energetically chaotic people. And it's okay if they don't understand it. If they don't understand why, it's not always for them to understand. Your experience is not always for them to understand, and then further either approve or deny. Who? 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 Huh and so in this way this is why it's emotionally chaotic because also they create a reality for everyone where their emotions and the emotional and energetic precedents that they set are priority and must be tended to first and that emotional space be held for them at all times This is how their emotions become the family's emotions because of codependency and then the energetic enmeshment that comes with that. Where we must think of their emotions and how we might set them off first before we do anything. That's how they make their emotions ours. And I think I want to, cause yeah, child, this episode, I don't want Y'all already know every episode I say. I don't want this episode to be too long. Anyways, I may... I'm going to write it down to... um Have a separate episode on this phenomenon. Of how they... Of the intricate ways... And I may need a little bit of time. Because there's so many ways. But the intricate ways in which... Our parents make their emotional experience ours by making it a priority by making it the only right experience and how because of their authority their inappropriate authority they make their emotional experience the family's experience and in that sense individual emotional experiences are not tolerated and cannot be Mm-hmm. And you got to play that, whoo, that role. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to get into a separate episode. Don't worry. But anyway, we must think of their emotions first before we do anything. We must think of our role before we do anything. And in turn, their role before we do anything. Because then that's respect. But not only that, it's also closeness and intimacy and incredibly validating to their role as well as their emotional experience. And if we don't, and our 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 role, but also our belonging and closeness are being in the family. And if we don't, then to them, it feels like disrespect. It feels rejecting and disconnecting and invalidating of that reality that they are setting, that they need to be set, that they feel safe in. I really want y'all to hold this word safety because know that we as humans will do anything to feel safe. Including imposing our own complexes on other people and then demand, demand that they be played out with other people. That other people may must take on that role in order for us to feel safe. Us bombarding our complexes on other people in order to feel safe. And you got to realize when emotionally unaware people who have gone through their whole childhood and lives without having their emotions prioritized as they should have, when they grow up, they are always reacting to this past state in their childhood. This is their emotional reality. And so everything and anything that is slightly off feels like rejection. All they're able to see is rejection. Rather than the individual situation, all they see is overall rejection. And then they make that the whole truth of the situation. And we don't have a say. And then we're punished based on that. That's how it becomes our reality. And that's how it becomes also our subconscious beliefs. And every time you step a toe outside of that role that they need you to be in, it's triggering. And so, in that world, in order for them to feel prior- emotionally prioritized, their emotions must be true, must be at the forefront, and it must be first in line for everybody to consider. And this is the only way for them to feel balanced because inside internally, they are on the whole other side of the spectrum where in their reality, their emotions are still not prioritized and still invalidated. And so they need to be so forceful like this in order to feel balanced. This is their own inner child's attempt at creating equilibrium. This is why you feel so responsible to their emotions. Because this is how they make you responsible for their emotions. And I... I just had to take a breath and I want y'all to know y'all can pause this at any time and take a breath I want y'all to know that this episode will be longer than an hour and honestly I don't really apologize to for it <laughs> this is a, a, a long script and that's just life sometimes things are long sometimes you gotta expand your attention span but also sometimes you can pause things and come back to it And I want y'all to know that that's okay, especially when it comes to healing. I don't want y'all to feel like you have to trudge through the journey like hell or high water. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to set that boundary within yourself. And like, I know it's hard. I know why we feel like we don't take breaks. Like, there's that capitalistic, those capitalist values that we, you know, are enmeshed within our lives and that we incorporate in the things we do, where we feel like constant productivity is the way to go. And in your healing journey, that's why healing is so beautiful. You'll be able to uncover those things and then curate a life for you at the pace that you need. And that creates patience. Patience. You know, and grounding. And I want you to know you don't have to trudge through healing like that. But also, I understand, like, mental illness. Like, (laughs) there needs not to even be more said. Like, it's hard to go through. We may run through the journey to try and just be better, to just feel good. But understand that you really may need to take a break. That may be your be better for today. You know, being better, your healing for that day may just be fetal position in bed, recovering. Because also as you heal, a lot of energy work is being done inside. And we have to like rest our bodies When that happens, we have to, you know, and best believe your body, if you don't slow down, your body will protect itself and slow you down. (laughs) So feel free to pause at any time and come back. But yeah, so we prevail. So this is why you feel so responsible to their emotions This is why you feel it's your responsibility to take on an urgency that is ultimately not yours, you know, that may just be the person in authorities. This is why you feel it's your responsibility to take on another person's anger and resentment for another person within the family, This is why you may feel it's your responsibility to take on another person's anger, you know, and resentment for another person within the family. This is why, ooh, and let's get into it. Your sibling may take on your parents' side all the time and never yours. Because they're fulfilling that role and they're playing out the energetic pattern that they inherited. Mm -hmm. This is their idea of loyalty to their parents, but also the love within that, you know, this is their idea of support for their parents that they feel responsible for. A lot of us have siblings like that, that is a direct example Of everything that I just spoke about. You know? And usually, you know, they were the golden child. Usually, you know, we tend to be the black sheep's child. But, like, this is your community. I was a black sheep. (laughs) It's lit over here, is all I can say. We healing over here. (laughs) Anyways... This is how care is extended within this energetic pattern, within this structure, how intimacy and relation is established, you know? And and the same way that this is them getting their needs met, this is also your way of getting your basic emotional needs met by coming into this structure yourself in order to get approval. Not well, approval, but also to get the acceptance within that approval in order to get love, in order to get support and the care that they're able to give that may be crumbs. (laughs) But this is how they taught you to receive your needs, but also to exist within the family, to function within the family. And so daring and having the audacity to not play that part of taking on the emotions and the emotional and energetic structure of the family as well as their needs meant you were not acting part of the family. Also meant that you did not care overall to them. You know, it was an all or nothing thing and your side didn't matter as much as theirs. Thus, overall making their experience to them right because they need to be right in order to feel validated thus making you the villain dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and honestly i really and this is your first time here please check out my episode about um It got villain in the title. I forgot the title. But it got villain in the title, child. But just understand this. This is how you were made to be the villain and consider yourself a villain. This tricky and twisting and incredibly awkward and subtle yet bombarding energy and energetic complex is how they get their needs met in the smallest and trickiest ways but somehow it's still met. And this is why daring to choose yourself in any way or a way that's not role approved is so disrespectful and hurtful and taken so personal. Hmm. Come on. Come on. Come on, period. Because I know there's someone out there Rejoicing inside somewhere out there, someone out there that is just feeling this cathartic experience. I really want y'all to know y'all were not bugging. Y'all are not. Y'all are not. And I know it's hard. It may be hard to hear this because you've always been made to be the problem. And you've always been made. To be the one in the in the wrong, especially if you're the black sheep, you've always been made to be the person dumped on. Mm. And this really just showed me I have to make a separate episode on being the black sheep and the energetic complex within that, and, and in coming out of your role, you enter into a new role and. Oh my gosh, it's so much. Let me stay on script. But you're not bugging, you know? That's the reason I wanted to do this episode, so that I can teach you and surge up within you the power and strength that will accompany this idea that I want to put forth, this constant thought that is within you. And ultimately, this inner knowing that a lot of us avoid when we grow up. And that is your parents were wrong. Mm -hmm. Your parents were wrong. And I want y'all to hold and sit with that. Hold your inner child's hand because they may be feeling guilty. They may be feeling scared because we don't want to view our parents this way. We don't want it to be true that they're not perfect because number one, perfectionism was forced onto us by a lot of them. And so we have learned to view anything less than perfect as this bad, disappointing thing. And we've been made to view ourselves like that, you know? And then number two, on the other side of it as well, know that it's genuinely scary, like in general, for you as a child to not be able to trust and believe in this person here responsible for your literal survival. You know, your literal survival, Their competency is dependent on your survival. You have a personal stake in believing that they are equipped. You and your safety depends on it. Extremely personal stake. And so your inner child, it's a complex that a lot of us have as children, where it's easier to internalize rather than distrust our parent this person that we're supposed to, to to survive we feel safer just taking it on rather than seeing the energy and trusting the energy that we feel over them you know it's incredibly triggering this is why you need to support your inner child through this journey Because it's not just you, it's them feeling it as well. But I'm here to tell you, my love, it's okay to put your trust into someone else. And it's okay if that someone else is you. In fact, that is most likely how it needs to go you shifting your focus from depending on them so much to depending on yourself. Yes, even to their dismay. They may never understand it. They may never be able to see past their complexes. You know, even to their sadness and them feeling rejected and them claiming disrespect and blah, 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 blah. You need to take back that energy and place it within so that you can become embodied and rooted within and grounded within someone that you can actually depend on. You know, and we usually feel like we cannot depend on ourselves because a lot of our families leave us like this. You know, because if we felt we could depend on ourselves, then they wouldn't. Whew, if we felt we could depend on ourselves, then they would not be able to be needed. Mm. And so they kept you in lack unconsciously and then judged you for it. And this is how like it becomes so sinister. Sinister because you create this environment where i am dependent on you for literally every little thing and i feel like i just can't trust myself so i'm asking you for all of about all of these little things and then you have the nerve to judge me for how much help that i need you create yourself to be a superhero but you can't even show up as a true superhero <laughs> And so I hope that you find the joy and beauty in knowing that trusting yourself and trusting them less and their complexes less and taking back your life comes with healing. You are someone that you can control. You control your own healing. You can You can uncover your own complexes and emotional energetic patterns that you can heal and transmit into something else entirely, something else and everything else that you need. You cannot do that with anyone else. You can only lead a horse to water, but you, you can make yourself drink. Drink. You can teach yourself to drink. You can learn how to drink. And you can learn what drinking technique works best for you and your mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to play within their game anymore, within their fears anymore, within their complexes anymore. Even if they don't see the game that they're stringing you along in, what matters is your sight. And I'm pointing to my third eye when I say this. What matters is that you feel it, that you perceive that something ain't right. And you indeed do have the strength to take yourself out of it. You know, it comes with time. Allow for that time and the journey to open you up to trusting yourself. You know? Allow yourself, when asked these, like, on the surface questions that seem to be, like, fine, but, like, underneath, like, beneath the surface, you can perceive that they're poking, they're trying to poke holes in your own trust for you. Know that you don't need to have all the answers right now. You don't need to have to know everything right now. And needing to know everything and all the answers all the time was part of them imposing perfection onto you. And it wasn't real, nor was it something that really mattered. What matters is you showing up to the journey. You know, all you have to do is show up. And let the higher power that you believe in guide you and encourage you and support you and ultimately take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. That allows you to be independent. This is all ultimately why learning about energy is so important and getting in tune with yourself is, so- and your body, including the emotional and energetic subtle bodies is so important because then you will be able to peep game. And they'll put you up on game energetically. You know? All you gotta do is heal so that you can be sensitive enough to notice. And this is why healing is inherently spiritual. You know? And so I wanna leave y'all Finally, (laughs) not finally. I know y'all still rocking with me because this is so good information. You know, this is really important information. I want to leave y'all with this message of empowerment. You are inherently a spiritual being. You are inherently magical. And you can see and manipulate energy like the magician that you are. And I say manipulate, not in the sinister way, but in an objective, with an objective definition, you know, where you're allowing your powers to flow through you, to impose energy, make it work for you and for your highest good you know and the way that we do this and set it off is by implementing physical boundaries that will then inform the energetic ones and i say physical in terms of like of this physical world you know and so every time that you impart a physical boundary where You redirect people like back to themselves or just away from you. You don't allow them to question you in the same ways anymore. You don't allow them to treat you in the same ways anymore. Those types of physical boundaries. Know that every time you do this with someone you're doing it with yourself and you are doing the energetic work of keeping your energy safe and protected you know you see how like understanding how subtle energy is you can understand how subtle energy work is and how we do energy work on ourselves all the time whenever we impart a boundary it impacts us physically energetically you know and we are keeping ourselves energetically safe and protected and then we start to trust ourselves more and our root chakra gets informed and we you know we get grounded and we start trusting ourselves and also our abilities more and so some physical boundaries that you can say that I want to send y'all off with that you can tweak to your own and you know tell people about tell your bestie about so y'all can be you know healing spiritual baddies together <laughs> Um, saying my emotions are my own their emotions are their own their limits are not my limits and they don't have to be I am not unloving or not wanting to be taken advantage of. I am reassured within myself. I know what works for me. Simply because I am me. And if I don't got the answer right now. I damn sure could figure it out. Because I have that ability. I follow what resonates with me. And apart from what doesn't and you can definitely say this as you meditate and 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 see how you receive it you know who who i want to get more into that but i guess i'll get into it in another episode about energy work because it's juicy y'all but yeah Like I said, you can change them up how you like, but just know you are doing the great work, the subtle work of placing up energetic boundaries around yourself. You are doing this great work of making your inner child feel safe, which is something that they really need. And I just want to let you know, this matters. The little things matter because energy is subtle. And it's in the little things too, you know? And just because it's subtle and some days you may not feel like you see it, it doesn't invalidate your practice at all or your magic. Thank y'all so much, so much, so much for watching. I'm listening, child. I'm so used to YouTube. Thank y'all so much for listening. I really hope this helped you. Please, if this resonates with you, share it with a friend. Um, Share it on your socials. I will have my socials in the description so that you can follow me and check out my other content. Um, And yeah, thank y'all. And good luck on your journeys. All right, bye y'all. See y'all later.